love of the old timers here. We've got Brother Arthur with us. He's been in South America, been all different parts of the world. But here we are again. Hey, some hey. from the north, some from the south. Hey. Come on, everybody. Oh. Here we are again. Hey, Bye, love and mercy. together once again in that mighty name of Jesus. 
And tonight, Lord, we commit this meeting into thy hands. We say, have thine own precious way. Move on every man, woman, and boy and girl and set everyone gloriously free. Give everyone a real born-again experience. Lord, fill them with thy glory. Heal every sick body. And we give you all the praise and glory for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bind every hindering spirit in this meeting tonight. In the name of Jesus, I loose the spirits of love, joy, peace, healing, deliverance, and salvation in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody put their hands and praise the Lord if you believe it's true. Amen. Give him all the glory. You are now in a deliverance meeting, a glory meeting, Holy Ghost meeting. You're in a meeting that will affect you, that you'll never be the same again. And you'll never forget it either. Because there aren't enough of these kind of meetings about. But if you get glorified, there'll be more. There's a visitation of God going through this land of ours. There's a visitation of God taking place in America. Shall we tonight allow the Holy Spirit to take us completely over that we might be changed from glory to glory and so quickened by the mighty power of God we'll never be the same again. I remember in George Jeffries' revivals and Stephen Jeffries' revivals if you weren't there on time you just jolly well could not find a seat. And the first seats to be filled it was all those on the front. There weren't any back room seats. They're all filled up on the front. Praise God. Well, I believe that time's coming again, you know. Don't you, Bob? I believe it with all my heart. Do you, Arthur? I believe the best is yet to be. Bless you. Come here. This is our Arthur. He believes the best is yet to be. Now, I want to say right from the commencement of this meeting, I'm thrilled to have my brother with me. How long we known one another, lad? 1932, there was a fellow called Henry Staples when I was preaching in the open air at Newark and I took for the text, the public benefits. It was a shop in Newark, Newark Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And this fellow, Henry Staples, was there with one or two others and he came up to me afterwards and he said, good to meet you. It is good to meet you, and, and, and that's, that's, 44 years ago, brother. 44 years. 44 years ago. Oh, soul has never died. Oh, God, God, God. That's well, right. That's right. Yes. And I stopped a week with you and Connie, yeah. and a week with your father and mother in the little signal place. Yes. And another week with a little man called Foster. I had three weeks meetings in Newark. Praise the Lord. And one week was with Brother Henry, and Brother Henry was banging at the piano, and he was singing... I am never so glad that he sought me. He sought me. He sought me. I am ever so glad that he sought me. And he made me his very own. 
sent him along and he's going to bless you tonight as he's blessed so many many more he's a real man of god and he's traveled the world he's just been in south america and different places and he's just blessed my soul he's, he's come along here especially tonight god bless you all you know i'd always thought that south america was steeped in superstition darkness and uh, I had a tremendous surprise a few weeks ago when I was down in Cali in Colombia near Bogota. And I found there, oh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. The attitude, the, the, the appreciation, the hunger for the things of God. I went to a big school there. I've never been to a school like it in my life. There were 600 in the school. And the brother and sister in the school, uh, it's a private school, the director and his wife, four years ago found Jesus as their savior. And they have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that school is alive for God. I counted 25 born-again, spirit-filled teachers in that school. And they were so hungry and so thirsty, I finished up on the Friday. I, I, I thought, Lord, what am I trying to prove? I, I've never had this experience before in my life. The first meeting was 7.30 in the morning. I crawled into bed at a quarter past midnight, and I'd had six meetings in one day. <laughs> Well, now, I, I, I don't say that to boast about how often I spoke, but just to show you the hunger, the appreciation, and the thirst that there is in a land, as far as I was concerned, that I didn't believe had much, but I found out differently. I was in Jamaica, in Kingston. The head of the full gospel businessman there, a precious brother, Owen Tibby by name. He is the sole distributor of American cars in Kingston. And he employs 25 men. And he opens at 8 in the morning. And there are streams of people come in. He's 25 men serving them with carburetors, exhaust pipes, and this and that and the other. But at 9 o'clock he says, stop. Now we're going to worship the Lord. Come on, everybody, worship the Lord. And all the 25 workers and all the customers. And it doesn't make any difference because he's sole agent. So if they want their parts, they have to put up. <laughs> there they are. And, and they all wait. He says, there's a brother here from England, Brother Arthur Burton. He's going to talk to you for a quarter of an hour. 
And uh, every day I was there, I ministered to these people. And wherever he went, this man, he has a ringing testimony for Jesus. All over Kingston. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, you just think, well, I, I almost thought, well, I, you know, they talk so much about Jamaica going over to communism. I've been many times to Jamaica. And uh, whereas you'll find there's always an increase. You see, if the tares get big, so does the wheat. And Jesus says, don't bother. Don't bother. While they're small, leave them alone. Leave them until they've so manifested what they are in fullness that you'll have no no misunderstanding whatsoever in, in, in knowing what they are. Let them alone until the time of fullness. And in the time of fullness, you'll see the climate that God is revealing and releasing on the face of the earth at this time is a climate that brings everything to fullness. Everything. Not just good things, but everything. You see, if I say to you, well, <clears throat> the nettles in my garden are six feet tall, you say, oh dear. But I've told you something, because if the nettles are six feet tall, I've told you what time of the year it is. Because nettles don't grow to be six feet tall in February. I've told you it's a time of fullness if the nettles are six feet tall, and you say, well, I'm not interested in the nettles, but tell me about your apples. Tell me about your apples. Now, we're living in a day, and in the book of Ephesians, it's declared that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, God will bring everything to fullness in one, in our Lord Jesus. Now, there's fullness of temptation. There's fullness of defiance against authority. There's fullness of travel on the face of the earth. There's fullness of inventions. There's fullness, fullness, fullness. Wherever you look, life's suddenly ablaze with fullness. You see it everywhere. You know something? The same God who has permitted and allowed everything to come to fullness has his own purposes in his church. And Jesus said a long, long time ago, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So brother, if you see a church that's under the weather, it isn't his church because his is hellproof. His is hellproof. I tell you this, the church of Jesus Christ isn't in the doldrums. Oh, no, no, no. No, it isn't, brother. Now, I, I, I feel I should tell you this. <clears throat> I've told a lot of people this, and I can give you the authority for it afterwards. It's, it, it, it's, it's something that I had a tremendous witness on. I was in Florida some time ago last year when I heard this. <clears throat> There's a woman living in Jerusalem, <clears throat> and she's 83. She's a Russian Jewess. When she was a young woman, with her father, she fled. He fled for his life in Russia, and this is 1911. He fled for his life to a monastery for refuge. And in that monastery, the Spirit of God fell upon the monks, and a prophecy was given in 1911. Now, this is what the prophecy declared. First of all, it said that a spirit of hell would rise in Russia that would overthrow 
The Tsar's regime. That was in 1911. Exactly six years later, the prophecy was fulfilled when the Tsar was murdered and the whole of his household was destroyed. <coughs> the prophecy went on to say that the spirit of hell that rose in Russia would trample across the face of the earth, shedding blood wherever it went. That has been fulfilled. Yeah. Russia, communism has trodden and destroyed millions of lives. The prophecy went on to say, 1911 remember, it went on to say that Germany would be divided in half. That was before two world wars, before ever Hitler had risen to power. Then it went on to say that the British Empire would come to nothing. In 1911, the British Empire was the greatest empire in the world. Our empire has come to nothing. The next thing in the prophecy was that Britain would be brought to, to the verge of bankruptcy and ruin. We are there now, nationally. But the prophecy said Britain would be saved by praying women. Glory. Praying women. Then the prophecy went on to say that America would rise to feed the world. She's done it. Russia and China would rise to become world empires and in a mortal conflict would almost destroy one another. In 1911, China wasn't even a world power. Today, she's the only nation that can boast to put 200 million on the battlefield. Shades of revelation, where from the east, the kings of the east will come and cross the dried up Euphrates with an army of 200 million. <clears throat> A shadow of things to come. And this prophecy went on to say <clears throat> that from the weakening force of the two powers engaged in conflict, when Russia was weakened, believers would rise from Russia to take the gospel to the world. And I tell you, if ever a company of God's children have been in having a commando course and have been in a, a, in a tough school preparatory for preaching the gospel, I tell you the Russian Christians have. Someone said to me once, did you ever hear of a backslider in Russia? I don't know whether there are any. I don't know whether there are any. Well, finally, the prophecy went on to say that this Russian Jewess would live to see the fulfillment of all these things, but would not live to see the Antichrist. Now, she's living in Jerusalem at the present time. The authority for what I'm saying comes from a book which is by Lance Lambert. It's called Israel, uh, a secret document. It's published uh, by uh, Coverdale Publishing House London. Uh, that's where I got it from. Now then... I'm not concerned about just the letter of what I've told you, but I had a witness on it. I don't know about you, but I had a witness on it. And Brother Henry, the meeting had only been going a minute or two before he mentioned one tremendous dynamic incentive for every believer. And you know what that is? Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen. Praise God. That's it. And you know, some of us have heard, like Elijah. Elijah said there's a sound of abundance of rain and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. 
And he said to his servant, he says, go up to the top of Carmel. The man had been up once and he says, there's nothing. He says, go up seven times. That made eight, resurrection. <clears throat> and he went up and he came down and he went up and he came down and he went up and he came down and he went up and he came down. And every time he said, there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing. But the last time, very grudgingly, he said, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. My brother, my sister... Jesus Christ is coming back again and as at the first coming there were so few that discerned Simeon came by the spirit the wise men came because they followed his star the world missed him not only the innkeeper had no room for him but the whole of the the, 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 the whole of the the mosaic order missed him in spite of the prophecies in spite of everything and there are people today in organized denominationalism and they do not recognize and they do not realize the tremendous importance of the days that we're living in. Everything's emphasizing, everything's speaking, everything's telling us that Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, I don't know what you believe, but I believe this. My calendar tells me it's 1976. Give or take a year or two, it doesn't matter, but that would take 24 years, roughly a quarter of a century to the end of the 6,000 years. Now, I believe that there are attendant witnesses. The Word of God says, out of the mouth of two witnesses. You don't settle anything on one. Out of the mouth of two witnesses. You get the Word of God. You get an attendant witness of the Spirit that quickens the dead letter of the Word and makes it to live. And you know then it's the living Word. You see, Jesus didn't say that man shall live by the pre-dead word. He says man shall live by the pre-ding word. And the life's in the ding and not in the dead because the dead's dead. The dead's dead. It's a pre-dead word. And anything that comes out of the pre-dead word will only be like stinking manner and, and, and you'll smell it a mile off. you smell it a mile off. God's brought us into the ears of God. The ears of God. The eternal is of God. Spirit is, not will be, not was, but is. And God's brought us into an eternal is. And the is is linked with the as. You know, there were ten lepers. And they cried to Jesus and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. And there they were with their swollen knuckles, their fingers eaten away, gnarled and rotten. Horrible sights. Lepers had to live in colonies, separate from all mankind. They rang little bells and they cried, unclean, unclean, don't come near me, I'm not fit to live with. And here there were ten of them. And they cried to Jesus and they said, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. You know what Jesus said? I know most of you do. He said to them, go and show. Go and show. Now, how would you in the natural react to that? Now, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, the priest was the one who gave the okay. He passed them as being clear. He said, you can go back to your relations. You can go back into society. You're no longer outcasts. You're free from leprosy. But here were men riddled with it. And Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. It looked as if he put the cart before the horse. It looked as if he got it all wrong way round. It looked as if this man of Galilee was completely crazy up the creek. Well, Lord, if you'll heal me, I'll go and show myself to the priest. But he didn't. He says, go and show yourselves to the priest. You know what the word of God says? As 
they went. As they went. They were healed. Now it was all in the ass. It was in the ass. It was in the ass. You see? Now then, as they went, they were healed. And if they hadn't ever wented, <coughs> pardon the grammatic, gr grammatical error, if they hadn't ever wented, they would have never been healed. But as they went, they were healed. Now, there are a lot of people have not seen this as far as divine healing goes. We seem to be roaming all over the place from Jesus is coming to divine healing. But it's all in, in it. You see, a lot of people say, well, I believe I'm healed when I feel I'm healed. I believe I'm healed when I see I'm healed. But if the ten lepers had gone on that strain, they would never have got healed. He says, go and show. And as they went, they were healed. As they went, they were healed. Now, there's a tremendous truth in this. You see, because God lives in the is, and he wants you to live in the is. And as you live in the is, you'll find in as much. It's all in the as, and there's much in the as, and you'll find how much there's in the as as you move into the as and live in the as, and the as is linked with the is. <laughs> yes, but it's in, it's, it, there's much in the as, and in as much, in as much. Now then, this is where the life of God is. This is where the sap is. The sap flows. But it doesn't flow except as you go. And if you don't go, there's no flow. You've got to go for a flow. And if you don't go, there's no flow. And, 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 and this is the tremendous revelation of the Spirit of God that he's bringing in these days. God is doing a new thing in our midst. And he's preparing a people within a people for that day when Jesus Christ comes back again. Now this people have got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Sensitive to the Spirit. And to come back to what Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So there's life in the proceeding word, but there's no life in the proceeded word. And there are many people who cannot hear what God is saying, they're so full up with what he did say. <laughs> and the hardest people in the world to convince of Pentecostal revelation are Pentecostal people. Yes, and I'm one of the old lot. I first came in contact with a Pentecostal revelation exactly 50 years ago when I was 14 in 1926. And I saw every miracle except the raising of the dead in Stephen Jeffrey's meetings at the Town Hall, Bishop Auckland, and the Victoria Hall, Sunderland. They ran shuttle services backwards and forwards from the hospitals and, 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 and miracles. When I knew least, I saw most. But then what's the good of coming with a message like that to you, to another generation? That's 50 years ago. But I tell you, as far as I'm concerned, I believe with all my being that God will fulfill, and if he's going to fulfill, he's going to fill full. <laughs> and we've yet to see, we've yet to see the, the, the eclipse of everything that ever was in this book because Jesus said greater works than these shall ye do and when you do them you'll not do them you'll know it's him doing them through you because this is the secret you see 
The Son of God said, I can of my own self do nothing and then did everything. He stilled the storm, death died in his presence, leprosy curled up and withered. It, it didn't matter. He just spoke. He had a speaking ministry. And whatever he spoke, there was a creative, life-giving force that came from the mouth of God in the preceding word. And as he spoke, as he spoke, he created. It was all in the ass. It was in the ass. In the ass. Now, the centurion knew this. He said, speak the word only. Speak the word only. He says, I understand the principle. I say to this man, go and he goes. I say to this man, do this and he does it. He says, I understand the principle. I have a hundred men under me. I didn't put myself over them. I put myself under Caesar. And when I put myself under Caesar, Caesar put a hundred men under me. And as you, as you put yourself under God, God will put under you. And the dominion that we lost in Adam will find again, I believe, as we submit the mighty hand of God. It's the only way it'll work. But Jesus declared, I can of my own self do nothing. Then he did everything. And he says, it's the Father that's in me. He doeth the works. So all Jesus ever did, Jesus never did. All Jesus ever did, Jesus never did. He says, it's the Father that's in me. He doeth the works. But get the principle. See what's happening. Now we've got wonderful trains running now, 12 carriages, diesels, electric engines thundering along, great big monsters, 85 and 100 tons, doing 120 miles an hour. But you know something? Every carriage that's coupled up to the first one goes at the same speed as the first one. And the last carriage will go at 120 miles an hour if that electric train or that diesel's doing 120. On one principle, not that it's got power in it, but that it's coupled up to the power. Coupled up to the power. Now, Jesus has prayed. He says, Father, I pray that they all may be one. As, 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 as. Listen to the as, because it's the only way it'll work. Keep to the pattern, sister, plain, pearl. If you're knitting, keep to the pattern. God says, keep to the pattern. Jesus has prayed, and he says, it'll be according to the pattern. He says, Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. And it's the Father that's in me. He doeth the works. When he speaks, he doesn't speak his own words. He speaks creative words that come from the mouth of God. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus, who is the amen, his responsibility to his Father, as soon as Father speaks, Jesus says, amen, out it comes. And the creative word creates. Now, there's a dormant ministry in the body of Jesus Christ that isn't operating yet. Jesus didn't say, Peter, fetch me an axe. And we'll hack this fig tree down. He didn't say that. He just spoke to it. And it died. And every time he spoke, things happened. Did you ever hear of a man who talked to a storm like to a dog? Down, sit, here. And the storm rebuked, settled, and there was a car. You see something, brother, sister? There's a speaking ministry yes. that you must first be subject to and then you'll minister in power and authority. Yes. And I believe these are tremendous days. I do not believe that the church of Jesus Christ is going to heaven like a fizzled out damp squid. No. Amen. Amen. And I do not believe that the bride of Christ is going to be collected on a stretcher. I do not visualize the great marriage supper of the Lamb that the bridegroom's looking forward to collecting his bride and she's wheezing, sneezing, bronchial, asthmatic, limping, running with pus and sores, gangrene, cancer. God has 
to fullness. Fullness. God likens his people. You see, there are many things that operate in measure that do not operate in fullness. It's a different principle. You see, it, it won't operate in fullness. When I was a little boy, I went to school, and, I, I, and, and uh, it was a bit of a private school, and I sat next to a little girl called Rhoda. And uh, she was my first sweetheart. And I used to sit in class with my arm round her, and while I cuddled her, I copied the answers. <laughs> and uh, I was getting eight and nine out of ten sums right. Eight and nine out of ten. And you know, one day the teacher said to me, Arthur Bird, Arthur Bird, come here. Come here. Come here. Stand there. Now, will you tell me how with these workings, you get these answers. <laughs> what could I say? I couldn't say, well, I got them cuddling Rhoda, but that was the truth. You see? Now, the teacher said, in future, unless your workings are right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mark your sums right. I don't care what answer you have. If your workings aren't right, I'm not marking you some right. Now, God is after truth in the inward yes. parts. The Holy yes. Ghost is after guiding us yes. into all truth. And if he's going to prepare a people within a people, and this people are going farther than people have gone before, well then, brother, sister, you're going to have some revolutions. There's going to be things happen inside. At the time of the ignorance, God winked up, but now commandeth men everywhere to repent, because God has appointed a day. And the Holy Ghost will not tolerate. He's the spirit of truth. And he's not going to tolerate the fiddle and the indecision and the unreality and all the other things that we have just cheated about, you see. And we've got the right answers. And we thought we were all right because we've got the right answers. But God's coming for you, my brother, my sister. Birth settles destiny. And if you're not right at the birth, you're not right anywhere else. Everything genders after its kind. Pears don't produce grape nuts. <clears throat> Carrots don't produce onions. And kittens and cats don't produce elephants. They gender after their kind. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. you know what it is but uh, after a little while you begin to know because he can't hide it <laughs> he shall see of the travail of his soul be satisfied I tell you the Isaac revelation God will never never ever tolerate any Ishmael substitute for the Isaac revelation and finally in this day 
there's going to be a people who are part of this Isaac revelation, yes. this Holy Ghost revelation. Yes. Nothing else will do as a substitute. Our God's on the move. God's on the move. Oh. When I was in Jamaica, I heard a man say this. If God removed his Holy Spirit from the church, 90% of its activities would go on just the same. The majority it would be unnoticed. And only a few would find themselves unable. What an indictment against the church. I tell you, brother, sister, it's not by might, God says it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. And I believe that this last generation is going to see the biggest, greatest deluge of the Holy Ghost upon the face of the earth that the world has ever seen. And thank God for all I've seen, but I'm not satisfied. And I tell you now, if I die now, my vision and my revelation, it does not relate to my years. I die an unfulfilled man if I die now. I, 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 I tell you this, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. And it's a proper child. And he'll see the travel of his soul and be satisfied. Now, what's this going to do? Well, he says that the world might know, Father, that you've sent me. And when our Lord Jesus is living in you as the Father lives in him, do you see? This is what he's prayed. He says, Father, I pray that they may be one as, according to the pattern. Just as, Father. As, as. Well, how is it then? Let's know. Let's hear about the pattern. Well, Jesus says, I don't do anything myself. It's the Father in me. He doeth the works. I don't speak my own words. He gives me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. I, I, I live by a preceding word. I didn't even come of myself. He sent me. So I see a man, this man Jesus, and I see him there, away down there at the carpenter's shop with the shavings and the knobs of wood and the sweat on his brow and the little children playing there and the dust and the shavings and one picking up a handful of shavings and saying, Jesus, can I have these? And he says, yes. And Jesus, can I have this knob of wood? And he says, yes. Jesus, can I have it? No, he says, you can't have that. I'm going to use that. And I see him surrounded by little children. And then when the work's done, I see him sit down, tired, relaxing. And there's two little hands come at the back of him and put their hands over his eyes and say, guess, Jesus, who is it? And there's three on one knee and three on another. And they're squabbling and fighting as to who can get closest to him. And, and, and the disciples come up and they see him and they say, this oughtn't to be. This oughtn't to be. Go away. Go away. Jesus says, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Now then, why am I telling you this? Because Philip said, Master, he says, show us the Father. Jesus says, have I been so long time with you and you've not seen me? You want to know what God's like? That's what God is like in that carpenter shop with little children on, on, on his knee. And do you think they were like Harold Copping's picture? Nicely parted hair and little ribbons and the little girls and clean pennies and dresses on and all so neat and nice and clean. No, I believe they were dirty and sweaty and smelly and sticky and quarreling, <laughs> but he loved them just the same. And that's what God is like. That's what God is like. That's what God is like. Now then, Jesus, he says, I've demonstrated and manifested the Father. Now then, this is the point of what I'm saying. He says, even as the Father lives in me, so let me live in you. Yes. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. I don't live. It's no longer me living in me, but it's Christ living in me. And then the greater works shall be effective. You see?
see. Now, he's going to have in his body, his mystic body, he's going to have a people prepared for his coming. This thing isn't going out in the doldrums. This thing isn't going out in defeatism. I tell you, God's going to have the last word. He's going to vindicate his name. And Jesus is coming back for a prepared people. And, and the angels will put the sickles in and there's going to be a mighty harvest, a Holy Ghost harvest, as the whole world is made to see. As truly as I live, saith the Lord, all the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Thank you, Brother Arthur. This is it. I've not seen him for 12 months. He's on the same thoughts, the same beam as what we are. We were speaking on the same things at 3 o'clock this morning in the caravan, weren't we? About the man-child being born, about a church out of a church. Oh, glory to God. What a witness. We know. We were speaking to come about Isaac's being born. Oh, hallelujah. Bless the Lord. This thing is real. It's pure. It's clean. And without holiness, no man shall see God. And that's what the theme of these meetings was. Make your work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Only clean, washed in the blood people, filled with the Spirit of going to glory. Don't get contaminated with anything else. Keep going to get in this wonderful fullness, this wonderful glory way. Not everybody says glory, our glory. Not everyone says Jews, our Jews. But there is a real thing, brother. There's a real thing. It's pure. It's clean. It's holy. As for me, I will not have anything else. We're on for that prize. Oh, what a witness, a man that's traveled the world and I've never seen him. And how true it is, there's something greater. If we're getting all the past revivals, we've never seen anything yet, what's going to happen? We've been saying, just as he said, talking about harvest time. This is the time to go in. Let's clear the loins of our mind, brother and sister. Away with everything. Let's go out for God. Praise his precious name. If you mean business with God, stand on your feet and raise your hands and praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, everybody, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody, praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, everybody, praise the Lord. Shall we all, every one of us, brothers and sisters, I want every one of you to come out to the front. Everybody, come on, bring your book sheets with you as well. And we're going to sing number 23, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Come on, right round, everybody, right out. Don't hesitate. Everybody, come on. Everybody sing it. 